Yeah. No cap. No rap cap. I took the top off. I'm dripping like hot sauce. I got drunk and it's clean raw. Baby, give me that mean mouth. Hit it like golf ball. I can't do this without y'all. Call a loss, I go loco. I go back to that trap house. Bread and bristle, I bounce down. Cashing in and I cash out. Turn it to a stash house. Hang Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. I'm your host Julian. Co host Justin. Yup. We're here tonight. Um, bringing back the NBA season. Finally, it's here. So we're waiting. We get to talk about basketball, you know, a little more thorough. Um, football is alive and well. And we, we've seen some good games this past weekend that we can, you know, get into. Also, my MLB leading Red Sox are back in the World <laughs> Series. And David Price gets his first postseason victory to send his team to the World Series in a game five matchup. A 3-1 lead that we were not going to blow. And now I'll talk about how everything went because I didn't want to talk bad about the Astros and then them make a comeback because I can see that team and the way they almost did it in each game, it, it's just danger. So if you beat them, you just leave it at that. Now mm-hmm. we beat them, boom. We're not even worried about them. We're worried about who – well, we're not worried, but we're just trying to see who's going to come out the National League. And whether it's Milwaukee, who you know I think is a hotter team than L.A., um, I think L.A. is the better team, but – Milwaukee just came into the playoffs strong, um, healthy. Christian Yellich, you know, MVP in the National League, if you ask me. Uh, Clayton Kershaw didn't really pitch great in his, his – well, he pitched good in his second game. But uh, game one was bad. So, you know, a lot lives in the NL right now. We got game six tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dodgers are up 3-2. So – it's gonna be exciting. I, my my father's a Dodgers fan, and I'm a Red Sox fan. So I hope I really Ooh, I've been waiting for this. Bragging rights. Yeah, we've had like the ability to say that we can see each other because our teams have been playoff teams. You know, fortunately for the last few years, um, well, typically we're playoff teams. Um, but this year it's like, all right, now we beat the Astros. Can you guys do the job? Because they beat, you know. Um, the Cubs, I think they beat the Cubs last year in the NLCS. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But nonetheless, Red Sox are in the World Series once again since 2013. It's their first time. I'm super excited. David Ortiz isn't on the team. None of the none of the older you know guys. Dustin Pedroia is still on the team. He's not on the active roster, but it's just it's just great to see the young guys that I've been watching. You know, Mookie Betts when he got on the team, it was it's. You know, he's just been doing a great job. He's going to win the AL MVP this year. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr., we've seen him probably win. I don't know if they showed it yet. Oh, well, they showed it, but I didn't see if he won it. But ALCS MVP, you know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. nine RBIs in the series. Uh, two two big RBIs to basically blow open two wins for us. Um Andrew Benintendi, he was a number one draft pick, came in his rookie year, you know, halfway through the season and balled out. Uh, I went to a game in Tampa, and he played in Tampa, and he made the catch of the year that game. And it was, like, right on my – it was in left field. So I was sitting Damn. on the left field line. Yeah, he just jumped over the wall over the foul line, caught the ball. It was nice. So, anyways, we're waiting. And now <laughs> – and now – I can let it out. We can get into some to some basketball because I'm not going to get into stats. None of that matters. It's whoever's in the championship and what happens in the championship. So LeBron James is a Laker, as we see him on TV right now. Debut. First two buckets are dunks. Not even buckets. Dunks. Um, you know, his debut. How did he do? Let's see. What did he do? I know he put up 26 as far as rebounds, assists. 12 rebounds. Oh, so he led the team in rebounding. 
Rondo, <laughs> as would be expected, leads the team and exist. 26, 6, and 12. Solid effort. And one steal. That's nice. So what we heard about LeBron is that this is the second highest point scored in his debuts with his teams. Mm-hmm. Um, where in his rookie year with Cleveland, he had 25. When he went to Miami 31. in 2011, he dropped 31. When he came back to Cleveland in 2014, he only had 17 points. And tonight, he had 26. So, all you see is consistency from LeBron. And, you know, year 16, Dwayne Wade's on his one last dance tour. And LeBron's like, one last couple of tries for this next trophy. Right? It's it's a four-year deal like we were talking about that he signed. And everybody knows that he's he's dealing with these young guys. And he's he's trying to grow this team to be the next championship contender team. I think this is the first time he's really had a team that he can kind of, like, groom. Because, like, I don't think he's really used to having young talent. Mold, right. Yeah, he can mold them. And we, we've spoken very highly on Lonzo Ball, very highly on Kuzma, very highly on Brandon Ingram. He said Brandon Ingram's, like, coming. He said Lonzo Ball's going to be nice. Right. He said Kuzma, he didn't, he didn't know what, how to even put in the words about Kuzma. And then Josh Hart, you know, we saw some moves from Kuzma tonight, you know, playing a big man role. Um, yeah. Kid's impressive. And then in the fourth quarter late, he's hitting two big threes back to back. So, LeBron, like you said, he has a chance to mold this team. They're, they're, he has a bunch of young, athletic, skilled players. And that's what the NBA is thriving off of right now. So, he has the chance to kind of groom and coach them and just give them the ways, you know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. You at on the road and I ain't coming back into my hundred stacks. Make a hundred racks and that hundred racks bring a bundle back. I was blowing gas like the honey badger. JID bitch, the money snatcher. Say like be shit, I'm coming after everybody. Don't get the bloody splatter. I'm flying, I got my niggas fly too. Shit is like buddy passes. I wanna cry cause I'm numb inside. Uh, you wonder why, as what's the matter? Yeah, I've been working hella hard. Shit ain't really working out. I've been praying to the Lord. Shit ain't really working out. I've been looking to the stars, keep my head up in the clouds. Shit ain't really working now. Shit ain't really working now. Shit ain't really working now. Don't explain. Yeah. What is there to gain? Yeah. Okay. Shit ain't really working now. Now I got a little bread. Got my niggas working out, damn. Baby, your ass fat shit. I can see you working out. Then you got a new job. Tell me how that shit working out. Heard you doing pretty good, yeah. People talk word about wasn't around when you had the dirty house. Now they won't even you kick them out. These type of people can't stick around. Only down when it's lick around or the split around. That's why I don't fuck with niggas now. Well, I fuck with all my niggas. You know the difference. You've been living with tunnel vision. You and all of your friends are like Wonder Women, Wonder Woman, working for it. Did you ever wanted something, searching for a purpose, I see what you want. Difference in how you be using your gifts in the midst of this shit that you dealing with. Really specific, you pay attention, panoramic. Got the vision like Ferdinand, she would tackle you, kill it. Sinking your teeth with the venom, kinda like me with the instrumentals. Or the pen and the pencil, or off the pimpers has been pimping, keep it sensible. Since you winning, you an object of ridicule. Objects appearing closer than you ready for. Obviously, you don't know what's ahead, but that's the reason yeah, you can watch me working can. hella hard. Shit ain't really working now. I've been praying to the Lord, shit ain't really working out. I've been looking to the stars, keep my head up in the clouds. Shit ain't really working out, shit ain't really working out, shit ain't really working out. Come on, bro, come to the booty club one time, throw some of that Dreamville money. Another good opening night game we saw was uh, Boston versus Philly, where, I mean, I mean it wasn't a, a great game. It was a sloppy game to begin with, and then, um, 
you know, Boston did what they normally do to Philadelphia. I don't know why I introduced it as a great game, but <laughs> I like the matchups. You know, I, I like Ben Simmons. I love Joel Embiid. Jason Tatum's a stud. You know, Terry Roger is still playing. You know, balling. Gordon Hayward, his comeback. We wanted to nice, see. Yeah, like nice to see him. Obviously, see. it was a minutes restriction, but it's good to see him on the court. Nonetheless, Kyrie struggled, and the Celtics still won by more than fifteen points. So, that either says a lot about the Celtics team this year, or Philadelphia's defense, or was it just you know game one jitters? Because you know you got your big man Joel Embiid, twenty three points off of what nine of twenty one shooting. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons flirted with a triple double, but he had some turnovers there. So JJ Redick, we saw him not start, and Markel Fultz was inserted in the starting lineup. And I don't know if if he can't hit those shots that J.J. Redick was hitting. You know, Obviously, I don't expect him to match that. But if he can't do half that job, I don't know if that's going to work out for them really well because, you know, off the bench, you lost Marco Bellinelli. You lost Ersan Elisova, who you got for nothing. You know, both of them kind of finessed them to the team. And, you, you know, they walked as free agents. And now you find yourself with your project and your number one pick, which you traded up for. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. Um, Philadelphia did play Chicago tonight and won big, so which they should have. But it's good to see young versus young, right? So this is like veteran young Philadelphia that they've been to the playoffs. And this is young, young Chicago where they traded their team two years ago. They got the young guys they want, and they're just using the draft now to try to build around. Right. But we see the difference in, in points at the end of the game. At the end of the day, Philadelphia did what they were supposed to do uh, versus the Bulls. Uh, other opening night game, Miami Heat, Orlando Magic, where it was interesting, which is it was a, it was a classic Miami Heat game, but at the end, we lost. Orlando, you know, came to fire. At the end of the game, Mo Bamba turned up and, and was really playing really good defense. They were getting offensive boards like nobody's business. Aaron Gordon had a 26-16 and 16 night, so that tells you a lot right there. Um, like I said, watching come around all-star time, all-star voting, his reserves, now that a lot of the talent from East is gone to West. And I know I said this in – you know, the offseason, that's my hot take. And he's obviously a good start, you know, like you said, 26 points. And he looked comfortable. Mm-hmm. He, he was uh, very consistent from the three-point line. Right. And he was causing some some mismatch problems. And, you know, it's crazy because a lot of people, you know, at work or when I was going to the store were talking about, oh, you know, Orlando, then it should be easy dub. Um, but Orlando's is one of those teams where, you know, every time. Yeah. Like, you never know what's, you know, Orlando's going to show up. Every time we play them, that we you know we always get their best, right? And you know now, like you said, they got Mo Bamba, and then you know Aaron Gordon. I think you know he just got paid, so I think he has a little more incentive on his right. shoulder. And you know, Vujicic is one of the you know the very underrated center in the really you know, in, in the league. So I mean, obviously you know they're not there yet. But Fournier, Fournier had actually a bad night. He started off really bad. And this, like, the team still found a way to, to grind themselves to a victory mm-hmm. where we had a chance. And obviously, Jay Rich lost possession of the ball and then ended up giving himself less room to work with off the inbound and lost the ball and went out of bounds. Well, not lost the ball out of bounds, but stepped out of bounds. And I like, but I like the fact that. Miami's giving it to Jay Rich, right? I like the fact that... Oh, like, I love it. I love know, it. Let him have the last shot. Let him um, determine the outcome of this game because we believe in him and that's what we want to see him grow to do. So you got to give him that. This, you know, tonight we, we went Dwayne Wade. Uh, we wanted a one-on-one jump shot, which I, I don't necessarily agree with because, you know, you're playing a tough Washington team on the road. Last night, Jay Rich gets possession and bluffs it, I guess. So Dwayne Wade, you know, you call in the veteran, but 
you know, how's he doing in the game? Is he really catching a flow? Has he taken a, a clean jump shot in a, in a few minutes? And I understand, you know, Dwayne Wade's clutch ability, but we can say that there's time we can we can live with somebody else taking a shot at Yeah. You know, especially in, in Orlando, I think he was, like, he missed, like, 10 of his 13 shots. And, you know, and, and missing Dwayne Wade shots, you know, the, the, the floater underneath, you know, you know, the runners and stuff like that. And then we started seeing a little bit more tonight. Um, so, I don't know, I think he's kind of riding the wave of emotion because we saw it in Orlando. I mean, you could hear, even from home, you could hear the Let's Go right. chants. Right. You could, you know, same thing in, in Washington tonight. So I think he's really just riding the wave of emotion as he goes through this tour, um, especially like you know, away games. Because okay. I think you know this year there's going to be, you know, a lot more, you know, Heat game or Heat fans at like away games heat coming. Nation. Yeah, Heat Nation at away games. So, but the away games that we play are going to be interesting. But I think you know when we come back home, when we get that home stretch, I think you know things will start to settle in, or as the season goes on. Started settling in because you know, as we both know, you know, lineups exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, but suppose just testing out the lineups. That's all it is. The first, I'd say, maybe quarter of the season, we're just gonna you know test out the mm-hmm. lineups, and then you know, but we, I, we, we don't have all our players yet. If so. you ask me, I love going into the season two close games, you know, buzzer beating situations. I love it because you know you're gonna have it's gonna come. It's just a tone. It's, it's exactly, and it's gonna be there. And then it, it gets you ready for the next time where the next the next buzzer meeting situation you might have might be in you know late or you know early January, and you're ready for that moment because you you worked on it and you've actually had it in game. So here's the time to put it on paper, uh, put it on on stat sheets. Uh, anyways, Miami won tonight. That's all that matters. We do have a rest, and then. Kelly, ooh. Yeah, let's shout out Kelly O. Kelly yeah, o. Kelly the arm breaker Olenek one time. Wow. Let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it right there. You want to talk about the G League? Finally. Let's talk about the G League. This, this, is, this is interesting. Go ahead. So, though a lot of talks came about this maybe coming into fruition with all the allegations that came out in the NCAA this past season, you know, situations like Michigan State, Arizona, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And it just raised the question of what do we let these kids coming out of, I mean, coming out of high school, you know, how much freedom do we give them? Because, you know, we've had a lot of players like, you know, especially, you know, Ben Simmons, who openly voiced hate hated it. Hate, <laughs> hated you know the whole NCAA. yeah the the NCAA the situation like just he he just went there just to go to the NBA. That's all he was there right. for. Right. You know like and and that's the case with some of these players that you know let's not get it twisted. They're not there for scholarships or academics. Like right. they're there off of an athletic scholarship and they want one thing, one thing only, and that's to make it to the, make it to the league. Exactly. And, then, and, and and you know what? And then there's, that is their right. There's nothing wrong with going to quote-unquote school just to go to the league. Because you go to school to get a job, right? Exactly. So. And, and that's their dream. That's their ambition. And nobody can tell them that they're wrong for that. And if they tell you you can only go to, you, you only have to go to school for one year, to get the job, then then so be it. Take it. So now, and I think with like a lot of the stuff that happened in light of all the NCAA investigations, I think they put more pressure on the NBA to figure out something. So so now, basically, what are they gonna do? Well, n- now they said it's. I think they limited to uh, like elite. They like to call it elite players, like right. elite prospects. Kind of like they, they, they'll scout out the, the top one hundred. Yeah, like yeah, like, yeah. They they will scout out the talent in which they see fit for these limited, you know, positions. Right. And those players they will take into the developmental league and they Gatorade league, the Gatorade league, <laughs> and they will 
pay them uh, a salary. I think it was a contract of $125,000 for the season. And, you know, they get to play with other basically elite prospects, elite talent that's scattered out by and through the NBA. And then so that can basically be their – their one year as opposed to having to go through school and scholarships and things like that, which I think is, I think it's great. Awesome. $125,000 for a five month season. I mean, you tell an 18 year old that he's like, oh, he'll, play, he'll play for his life. Yeah. Where, where, where do I sign? You know? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I love the, the freedom that younger kids are going to be able to get with the fact that maybe Maybe this will open eyes, you know, in, in a few years, kids see that if I go to high school and become the best player in high school, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not that I'm saying this is easy to master. This is, you know, the elite high school prospects are great players. We see them. That's why they're five-star, four-star recruits or whatever the case is. And I'm not taking anything away from it. But what I'm saying is if you can have the mindset going into your high school you know, confident that you're a good basketball player. Uh, you know, you can just have that that extra confidence in realizing, you know, if I I just gotta I just gotta do my thing here. You know what I'm saying? And and if I do, then I have a chance to 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 be able to be a part of a great opportunity. You know what I mean? So it's it's a little motivating, and maybe this high school basketball is already you know pretty great. But this might just make it so much deeper than it is because at this point, they're going to be playing for their lives even sooner than, you know, going, you know, to school for those three years or, or going to school for that one and done. You know what right. I mean? So I like I like that the NBA is doing this with the G League today. And, um, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, that's and I think, you know, this should also open NCAA's eyes. I think they should push for, I, I think, you know, at least do two, you know, two years. I really don't, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of the NCAA doing one and done. I think if you are going to do, make make these kids go, like, that's basically what you're doing. Right. You're making them have to go to school. So I think if you're really going to make them, and now, and since, the, you know, the NBA is doing this, you now you pretty much know that, well, for the most part anyway, because, you know, that base said they're going to do, you know, elite prospects. Right, right, right. So, but at least now you know that you have more of an idea that the kids that are, you know, going to school, basically right. off in that academic scholarship for basketball, they, you know, could be more or less choosing to take that right. route as opposed to, you know, the G League. So I feel like if you're going to really, you know, do the college, like, do it right, you know. So yeah, I feel like, sense. you know, do the, do, the, do the two years. And another thing I think that's good about this is that because I feel like a lot of kids, and we've seen it in the past with some, that kind of, like, try to finesse the system. But right. They'll go overseas right. and, 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 right. go and take that route. But then again, that's not the best route for everybody either. So Yeah, I, I mean, you're going to be away from your family for how long? Uh, so emotionally, it might get to you as a 18-year-old kid, you know, in where Sweden, first thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And who's with you at that time, you know? And if you have that person, it's like, damn, you only have that person, if you even have a person. So it's a really cool thing uh, to for the NBA. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to step into some football talk. NFL Sunday was, was packed. We saw... The Rams go to six and zero. Only unbeaten left. We saw Baltimore sack the Titans eleven times, which was a franchise high. Um, we saw Cam Newton miss three straight passes to attempt to win the game against Washington. What else did we see? We saw my Dolphins. Uh, give up zero, give up zero sacks against the second best sack team okay. in the league with eighteen. Okay. We also saw Dallas put up forty points on, on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 
South of Saxonville. Yeah. Jaguars, quote unquote. That's what they said. We saw. Allegedly. We saw Tom Brady. We saw Tom Brady. The GOAT. And Gronkowski. Yeah, the GOAT. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. We saw Gronkowski be Gronk. We saw the stiff arm, which was probably the second best we've seen this year after Vance McDonald. Yeah. But that was nasty. Um, It would probably be the first if Vance McDonald didn't do what he did. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, Chiefs are 5-1. Giants are 1-5. Jets are 3-3. The NFL is pretty crazy right now, right? Yeah. Bears play New England this week. I think we're going to talk about that one. Is that right? Yep. We're also going to talk about Houston-Jacksonville. And, you know, Kansas City bouncing back. Well, both teams looking to bounce back. Both playing good. Number one in the division. Looking to bounce back off of losses. Versus Cincinnati. Sunday night, primetime. I mean, we've seen Showtime. Prime time, right. but you know, we haven't right. seen Cincinnati doesn't necessarily fare well. Do you know that I think there's only been one one quarterback in his first game at Foxborough at Gillette Stadium that has won versus the Patriots? If I'm not mistaken, I think there's only one one quarterback that has won in his first time at Foxborough. Really? Yeah. So uh, and remember, first time being at Foxborough. And I also think that they said that uh, Belichick and Brady are undefeated against playing, I guess, against quarterbacks that are under the age of, of 25. It was, it was some wow. Yeah, it was some crazy, like, stat. They have some crazy Yeah, stats. like the first time going against them. Yeah, it was some I think to your point, what you said, like what right. your, the record you were talking Something about. Something like that. Yeah. Well, we don't fact check, a, but. Yeah, it was a crazy stat. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about head coaches who are on the hot seat, right? We're going to talk about that. And then, you know, I guess whatever just comes to mind, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so let's get into these games because we got, we got a deep dish like pizza. Well, sounds good right now, too. Some deep dish? Yeah. So we're going to get into this Sunday 1 o'clock matchup in Jacksonville where it's still hot. Still hot down here in Florida. Unfortunately. Um, Houston is going in 3-3. Three and three. Jacksonville is 3-3 three and three as well. This is for first place in the division because this is their first matchup. Um, mm-hmm. Jacksonville is coming off of, uh, like I said, 40 to... Seven. Seven point loss versus the Dallas Cowboys, who, which in fact gave up nine receptions, 121 yards to Cole Beasley. And two TDs. And two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott had 108 rushing yards. Saxonville where uh, Dak Prescott had another rushing touchdown, 81 rushing yards. Um, this is just. And only like 183 yards throwing. So I mean they were working they were working with yeah short short field. Right. And give credit to their defense because Blake Borders had a pretty ugly game. He only had like hundred seventy yards, touchdown and a pick. Um look for Houston to try to take advantage of this and and see that Jacksonville is down. But I also see Jacksonville coming back home and realizing the opportunity that they have and, and that they can't lose grip of because they're favored to win this division and any crack at first place should be yours if you if you play to win the division. Mm-hmm. So this is a big game for Jacksonville at home. Houston's coming off of what was almost a loss exactly. to the Buffalo Bills without Josh Allen for most part of the second half. Um, the Bills obviously build and shot themselves in the foot. But that doesn't mean Jacksonville can't come out and play like they played versus the Cowboys. Yeah. Right? So, I don't I don't even know. I, I, I think Jacksonville being at home, you know, knowing the what's on the line for this game, I think they come out with the win. But 
the way that Deshaun Watson can play at times mm-hmm. and the way that DeAndre Hopkins has continued to show us what he can do, there's always a chance, I believe, for Houston. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's one of those situations where I don't, you know, going back home, I don't see Jacksonville making this a three-game skid. Uh, and they have to realize they're three and three. Houston's three and three. And Tennessee also three and three. So they have to realize how tight, you know, the division is and how much of these divisional games won, I mean, mean. Right. And considering that they've already lost to Tennessee, right. this is their first meeting with Houston. Like, they have to get a layup in the division eventually. So, yeah, like, you know, I agree with you. I think Jacksonville will take this game. Um, yeah, like, they have to realize that, you know, this, this, you know, the division's on the line, and this this tight race, I think, will go. This is where it starts. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it starts here, and it will last up until the end of the year. But That's I see nice. Jacksonville pulling it out. So, another Sunday 1 o'clock game, Chicago at home versus New England. New England coming off of a big win, Sunday night football versus Showtime. And Patrick Mahomes showed once again why we're so hype about him. He's shown that he's elite. He's shown that he's up there with the best. He's shown that what what he's doing, not a lot of people can do, and we haven't seen it done by a lot of people. Um, but at the end, Kansas City's defense, as we said, 32 ranked, ranked 32. And Gronkowski, he got open, and he did what he did. He beat his man. Um, I don't know why you go one-on-one man coverage with Gronk especially with him, but they did. They set up the field goal, they win, right? Now they're playing one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense right now. Uh, They're coming off of a tough loss to Miami in overtime where a field goal was needed or else it would be another tie, (laughs) which would be the third tie of the season. Um, I couldn't even tell you the last time Miami tied, so – but, yeah, I mean, it was definitely anybody's game down to the last seconds, right. you know, in, in regular, you know, in fourth quarter and in overtime. And, like I said, you know, our offensive line being depleted, you know, down, you know, two starters. Lamy Tunsil uh, got cleared of concussion protocol. Right. I think it was that Thursday. And... We gave up zero sacks against the second best sacking team in the league. So, and you know, it was the last minute. Uh, find out Brock Osweiler was going to get the nod. Uh, Tannehill had shoulder injuries. That's true. So there was a lot going against us. And then, you know, I think, and then a lot of people were, you know, keeping their eyes on Mitchell Trubisky. You know, if he could, you know, yeah, he keep had six year. touchdowns in that one game, and then like three touchdowns. With- Two or three touchdowns in his next game, so so people are going to see if he. I respect what the Dolphins did. It was a great game. You know, Albert Wilson. You got to give credit to that guy. He's one of the best receivers in the league this year, and he's showing why you know Brock Osweiler doesn't need to throw the ball downfield. You know, you guys had a few lucky bounces, (laughs) but um, nonetheless, you guys won, and, and credit there. So I think I think you know Chicago at home is is gonna is going to give Brady some trouble. That defense, I think the defense comes alive at home. It's a 1 o'clock game. It's going to be hype and so it feels going to be cold. It's going to be nasty. Hopefully, it's going to be nasty. You know, Lil Mac, I think he's back. You're taking Chicago with the taking upset? Taking Chicago with the upset. You wow. know, a lot of people, as you were telling me, think they're going to win the NFC North. And, I mean, the NFC North winner typically can play a good game against the Patriots and it wouldn't be an upset. You know what I'm saying? So... Touche, touche. Um, I think the wing is just going to keep it rolling. I mean, a lot of people, you know, doubted them early in the year. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them had Kansas City favored against them. And, you know, rightly so, Showtime and that offense was right. crazy lethal. But, you know, the GOAT, as always, finds a way to pull it out. And I think, interestingly enough, you know, like I said, I haven't you know read this anywhere, but I think that they know that we might be coming for them this year. We might. 
I mean, they always get us in Foxborough, but then when they come to Miami, it's a different but story. But do you think you guys really can do that, man? Like, the way your roster's set up right now and the injuries that's that's really been going on in Miami, I don't know, you know, and and you're not getting great quarterback play. So when does the long season take its toll on the Dolphins and realize that it's just another season? Well, I just think it's in the aspect of normally around where we're going in week seven, normally around this time between week seven and nine, Patriots and pretty much everybody else in the, in the world get that idea of, all right, same old, same old, Patriots are running away with the division, you know, but, you know, and then people aren't even asking if they're going to win the division. People are asking questions like, you know, are they going to finish first in the right. AFC, second AFC? But us being at 4-2 and two, and we're about to play Detroit, who beat New England, they're about to play the team that we just beat. Um, we're still both yet to play Green Bay, still both yet to play uh, Minnesota. But, I mean, like I said, when they come to Miami, it's it's, it's a different story. I mean, we could we could easily right. end up finish this one uh, one and one between the both of us. That's possible. But so, nonetheless, what do you think about the Bears and the Patriots? Like I said, I think New England is just gonna keep keep rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah, I think they're gonna keep rolling okay. off that one from Kansas City. I don't, I don't think they see like really any pressure from. From Chicago, I don't think they look at them as as such. Right. I think in their eyes, they're still looking at Green Bay. They're still looking at Aaron Rodgers. Right, I hear in, that. In their minds, I, I hear that. So we're gonna take this one to Sunday Night Football, Kansas City, five and one. They're on a hot streak. Obviously, they lost one game versus New England. We just got into that, uh, but the Bengals, they're they're coming in pretty hot, and Joe Mixon's having a good year, and and Dallas playing consistent football. And they're coming off a heartbreaking loss. Last seconds to yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah. And and they some fans feel like there was a pick, like an illegal pick. But yeah. What do you say? Antonio Brown, man-to-man coverage, throw a slant. He takes care of the rest. Who told you to play man? You know? So, um, they, they're hungry. Nonetheless, they're hungry. They feel like they're a good team. They feel like they're one of the better teams in the AFC, you know, and respectively. So they've played like one of the better teams in the AFC so far this year. It's still early. Kansas City, I believe, is just too strong offensively. And and Kareem Hunt is just dominating, whether it's catching out of the backfield, running the ball when he needs to. Patrick Mahomes, how many times can we say it? I think think as good of a game as I feel like I want to say this is going to be, it's just, like, I feel like it might not be, you know? So, I take Kansas City in this game uh, by at least a touchdown. Ooh, by a touchdown? At least. Hmm. No, I definitely got Kansas City. I got them by more. I got them by, I'll say, two scores. Um, like, two touchdowns. Uh, it's just one of those things where Cincinnati... Don't presumably do well in prime time. Um, Sunday night, coming off a heartbreaking loss, and I just have more faith in Kansas City being able to bounce back from a loss because considering Kansas City, I mean, there's no shame in losing to the Patriots. Right, right. It happens to everybody, you know. And they showed a lot of grit because they were down, I think, what was it, 24-9 and a half? Yeah, I think that was the score. And, you know, they came back and made it a game. Mm-hmm. It was 40-40. And, you know, last... You they know, gave Brady too much time. Yeah, and, you know, Brady and Rodgers, any time's too much time. And Brady yeah. just did his thing. So it wasn't really, you know, so shout out to, like you said, you can't say enough about Mahomes. Brought them, put them back in the game. Made it interesting. And, like I said, I think that that was kind of his... Welcome to NFL moment. Like, that was his welcome to NFL game. Like, now he sees how it is, you know, not everything's going to be a cakewalk. I think that makes – I think that made him hungrier. So, I think he's going to come out and just right. and show out. Just want to shred the defense. Yeah, just want to – yeah. So, I Which, think – yeah. It's possible. I mean, give credit to Cincinnati's defense. You know, Jerry Kirkpatrick, Montez Murphy has come back. And I think he's being actually reviewed by the league right now. 
but like deservedly so. <laughs> dirty hits. Uh, he should always be. And Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are playing very football. Look for there to be, you know, struggle. I don't think Kansas City is going to have a comfortable, you know, win as much as you do. I think it's going to be a tough game because the Bengals' defense is solid and their defensive line is even more solid. So Kansas City is going to have their hands full trying to run the ball and get Patrick Mahomes going. But I just think that their their offensive system and what they have, the weapons, is just going to outstand the Cincinnati Bengals. So I wanted you to take over for this. Uh, last segment we have here. Yes, sir. So we're going we're gonna to get into some coaches. Well, you're going to mention to me some coaches who you think may or may not be on the hot seat up till right now, week seven. Yes. So first coach I have on the list, John Gruden. I think John Gruden – well, here's my question. The only question I have is – does John Gruden keep the money that the Raiders are is like the contract? Like, how does that work? Like, do they lose that money? Because I don't, I don't think it's worth firing him if you're losing that money. One, I think it would in in that scenario if it were to come down to that. I think it turns into a a, a buyout situation with yeah. In that right. case, he would inevitably. Get the money, or maybe you know. I mean, there's also, I think there's bonuses in the contract that are like up to six to eight million more. Right. But or like incentive, that's what it is, Mm -hmm. incentives. So, but then you also have certain things in the contract where if you don't meet, you know, they have like little stipulations. Isn't it funny how we're talking about contracts with a coach? I mean, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about that. I don't. Said. I don't even know if Mark Davis um, wants to fire John Gruden, no matter what they're doing right now. I feel like this is this is a project, and he's going to be patient. So, as much as you know, should his job be on the line? Yeah, because you know he came back into coaching, and right now it doesn't look, you know, like he has it all under control. I mean, he clearly doesn't have all the control, all under control, but. To just say that he's on the hot seat to where I think that they're actually going to fire him? No, I don't feel like that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I would say it would be different had they signed him to a two, maybe three-year deal. But you sign him for the long haul. Ten years, $100 million. Yep. You're about to, you know, you're about to move out to Vegas in yep. two years. Yeah, you, you the, la- the last thing you need is this. And you have to have your your roster and your coaching staff in, in fluctuation. You're ready to move out of Oakland. Right. Um, and the, the, the crazy part is I think inevitably as bad and, every, and I think we can all can agree as horrible as the decision was to trade Khalil Mack, I think mm-hmm. in essence what he really did was buy himself more time because I feel like in him doing that, because I feel like if he would have had Khalil Mack on one side mm-hmm. and Derek Carr, a quarterback, that even when he was doing, you know, uh, calling games and right. as an analysis, he was very high on Derek Carr. So I feel like if he really went into the situation that he wanted to and things had not panned out, then it might have been more a situation where, you know, oh, they're, they're, you know they're looking at him, but like him doing that move. So now they're just now the you know front office kind of look at him like, oh well, now he has this pick, so we have to see how that pick pans right, out. Right. He has this That's pick, true. has to see how that. So it, it's by himself, you know, more time for him to to, to basically out. let him build his own roster, right. and then you know let them do his evaluation exactly. So, so yeah, I, I would say yeah, I'd say no. John Gruden's chilling. Uh, next, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Um, it's it's funny. It's another one of those like, you know, he's one in five. Um, they had a game against Carolina where they played a really good game, and we saw Graham Gano hit a sixty-three yard field goal to win it. You know, but two and four isn't great. 
anyways, if that was the case. Uh, we see that Eli Manning is, is really just coming to a roadblock here in his career, and um, it looks like it's going to be time soon enough to hang him up. But can you really blame Pat Shermer for coming to this Giants team in the condition they are in and with the quarterback that they have, with the backups that they have, and, you know, what are you really expecting from them? They were literally the worst team. Well, I can't say the worst, but one of the worst teams in the NFL. Second worst. Exactly. So, you know, what do you expect them to do? And I get that they got Saquon Barkley. Look what Saquon Barkley is doing. He's setting history every week because – And that's without an online. We haven't seen anybody like him. So give him time to, to be able to play with other playmakers on his team and help on the offensive line and, or a new quarterback. They're, they're going to probably draft a quarterback from Oregon this year, and they'll be, they'll be all right in the future. So um, I don't know if Pat Shermer is on that hot seat at least yet. Yeah, I'd also think it's an, an exaggeration for anybody that thinks he's on the hot seat. Uh, it's just, you know, how sports fans are in New York, the New York media, you know. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I still I think he I think he took this job with, you know, the intentions of, you know, being able to build his own team. Like, I kind of think he knew he had to, like, deal with the situation as it is to say, like, with Eli, you know, things like that. So I think, like, because everybody was saying, oh, you know, as great as Saquon is, you know, look how bad the quarterback plays. He should have taken a quarterback. Right. I mean, you can't pass up on a talent like Saquon. Right. And I think he was drafting for the long haul. He wasn't drafting for this season. He right. was like, okay, let me get, you know, a once-in-a-generational type talent right. Saquon this year, and then I can marry him with my quarterback exactly. next year, exactly. you know, whoever he wants his guy to be. Exactly. And you still got Odell. And, you know, and they're going to probably draft anywhere between – two to three offensive linemen trying to probably snag one in yeah. the offseason. I mean, they drafted one this year, so let's see if he can Yeah, they drafted one and, and, they, and they signed one. Right. So, so yeah, I think Pat Sherman's good. Uh, next I have on the list, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, I mean, I was mad when Mike McCarthy was letting Mason Crosby take five kicks. I feel like after the third miss – you got to start going forward on fourth down and believe in the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers on your team and, and the play calling. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched much, much Green Bay this year. I know that they did have a bad loss against Washington um, and a bad loss against Detroit, but they had a chance to win it if it wasn't for Mason Crosby missing those field goals. Now, Aaron Rodgers just being Mike McCarthy's savior, Mm-hmm. At this point, it, it's just helping his cause. Um, but but do I see him on the hot seat? Yeah, I feel like if the Packers don't, you know, I mean, I feel like if they don't win the division, you have to look at him, you know. And then if they don't make the playoffs because the Bears and the Vikings get hot or, you know what I'm saying? If they don't make the playoffs, what do you do? You, you have Aaron Rodgers still, and he's still in his prime. You have to have the right things around him to to make it crank right now. So I do think um, I think it in a, not right now. Like his his, his seat is warming up. It's not hot. It's warming up though. No, yeah. As the season goes on, it can either he can either cool it down or or heat it more. Heat it up more. No, yeah, he's. He's definitely feel, feeling the heat, especially because like, especially if they don't make the playoffs. Because if you look at the NFC, the the West with the Rams, East, mm-hmm. which is pretty much wide, supposed to be wide open at this point, you know. Kind of. And then you also have the South, which you know Saints. I think are pretty much gonna end up running away right. with it. So the North might be, you know. Uh, the way out, the yeah. leaky cauldron. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> you're gonna have you know because you need two wild cards. So then right. we might have uh, three teams in the north. Make it. The north. I mean, they could. 
But I, I mean, then again, Mr. It's, it's, it comes down to Mitch Trubisky because he's going to have to perform. You're going to have to play good quarterback to beat, you know, NFC North teams. I mean, you just have to. So, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that this year. So I don't know if he is a, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I want to see. I just to keep it short and simple. I think that uh, his seat is warming up. It's 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 been so long since we've seen Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's mainly been health, but it's been so long right. since seeing him go for a legit Super Bowl run. And every you know every year we just keep saying you know, every year we say they're contenders just for right. the fact that Aaron Rodgers. So if you're in contention every year, but you know minus you know the obviously the health, if you're not really making pushes outside yeah. of you know just saying just oh stagnant, yeah right? yeah outside Play of up. oh we have Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, you exactly. You let yourself become stagnant. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're feeling you're feeling the heat. So you gotta start making some moves, and the front office might make the moves for you. For sure. Um, next on the list, Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. Um, Seattle is sitting at what are they on a bye week this week? Uh, I th- oh no, they played. So, oh yeah, yeah. So that yeah. Is on the bye week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're two and three. I'm not exactly sure, but they just beat the Raiders. Uh, yeah, and then, and then the game before that, they beat. Well, not the game before that, but the only other one they had was the Cowboys. So yeah, they're not, they're right. still not two wins. I mean, the Raiders aren't a great team. We expected them to win that game, but the way they did it was good. Um, Pete Carroll, man, I feel like he's such a fan favorite. He's such a such a Seattle favorite, uh, but is he the best option right now for Seattle? I'm not sure. Um, that defense right now is is not solid. I don't think Pete Carroll is is the biggest defensive minded coach. You know what I mean? He likes to call plays and stuff like that. Um, I feel like Russell Westbrook can develop, not even develop, but just keep getting better and actually do something with his career. With another, you know, coach that that can push him, I just don't know. I don't, I don't see who at the moment. But I, I think Pete Carroll, you know, a losing season, I think a losing season puts him in a bad place. But a winning season, you can't really hate on that with the roster they have. I mean, even if they do have a winning season, I don't see them making the playoffs. Right. So. I'm gonna say he's in the hot seat for. Well, season. their winning season would be nine and seven. <laughs> yes, for, I, I say he's in the hot seat for the fact of you're you know you just lost. I mean, no, not just lost. You are, before the season started, you, you lost. lost you lost. Yeah, you lost Earl Thomas. You just basically lost him as in the final game that he's ever gonna play in a Seahawks uniform. Right. If that uh, notion to the sideline wasn't mm-hmm. confirmation enough, right. you know. And it's just, I don't know, it's just one thing after another. It's just like every time they try to solve one problem, another one pops up. It's a revolving door running back. You know, Russell Wilson's running for his life back there, trying to make plays. And that defense doesn't know whether it's coming or going. It's just so depleted and so, like, just a shell of its former self. I feel like, and then, like you said, how the fan base and how everything is in Seattle, I feel like, if they don't, you know, think that they're realistically in contention for at least a playoff berth soon, right? That they're gonna want to start making some changes and get somebody. I mean, yeah, obviously Russ loves Pete Carroll, but right. is he really the one he needs? Exactly, exactly. It's like what you want versus what you need. Right. So uh, yeah, I say Pete, Pete Carroll's seat's she's definitely hot. Um. The Dan, last one. Dan Quinn. <laughs> um, I I do feel bad for the fact that his defense is just hurt, and Devonte Freeman now just put on the IR, so injuries have bugged him. But we have seen time after time, Matt Ryan's red zone offense is 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 just it just I don't understand. We 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 see Julio Jones get all the yards he can. And this is the narrative every week. He can't get in the end zone. He still doesn't have a touchdown. We're about to start week seven of the NFL, and Julio Jones has not gotten in the end zone. And he had a bomb last week and took it to the, what, three-yard line? 
and just couldn't get in the end zone. I don't understand. Is he allergic at this point? I think Julio Jones needs to leave Atlanta as soon as he can. He just did his contract again, but just try to leave Atlanta. Or I think that's only for this year, though. So then get out of there. Matt Ryan, I don't know, bro. I don't know if it's Steve Sarkeesian that or, or the money. I don't know what it is, man. But you need to tighten it up because you're going to cost your coach some bad rap. And it's possible that, you know, you didn't win the division last year. You know, the goal is to win a division. You know, they say that they're a good team. Last year they didn't win the division, and they won the division the, the year before, right? They won the division the year before. They didn't win it last year. The Saints won it. And this year, I mean, they don't look like they're going to win the division. So two straight years of that, it, yeah, I think it puts you on the on – the, on the hot seat, or at least the brink of front office starting to think, you know, of their options. I just hate to keep going back to it, but it's like, I mean, the Super Bowl loss, it's kind of like, I understand you lose. I understand, you know, Super Bowl, everybody loses, unfortunately, Super Bowl, I get all that. But to let that keep, seem like a lingering thing, and just keep, like, hanging over and hanging over I mean, it should have, like, last year should have deaded it. And then I feel like coming this year, yeah, I played with injuries. I get all that. Like I said, Starkeesian, I feel like after last year, they should have replaced him, you know. And then this year, we're going into week seven. Julio still doesn't have a touchdown. Matt Ryan's not living up to his contract. And it's just, you know, it just gets to a point where how can you be – that's you know the top of the mountain in the Super Bowl, and then yeah, to just this fall. just just fall so just the fall from grace is just so mind blowing to me that it's just kind of like if you don't it, it's it's one of those things where if you let this thing keep going on mm-hmm. any longer you're gonna go from bounce back mode to rebuild mode. So you think Dan Quinn the guy be go he gotta be out. Depend if they have a if they finish and they they still could finish last in the division. But yeah, if they don't if they don't make the playoffs this year, then yeah, they have like they have to make the playoffs to give Dan. And that Quinn. doesn't look like it. So Dan Quinn, I'm sorry, Justin doesn't think he's gonna make it. So we'll just leave it right there. Episode five, season two. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter, ATS Pod. Where we come from, niggas don't play. Southside nigga on the north, moving way. Yeah, we might slide on a nigga broad day. Them youngers, they be talking, don't come in these hallways. And we be on the block, making money all day. Yeah, playing with the rocks, put the money in a safe. Yeah. Screaming wrong or right, shoot a nigga in the face. Yeah. Nigga out of line, we gon' put them in a place. Yeah. Now look here, I come from beef and slang and nine at the other side. I never let it go, I just Went harder when my nigga died. I've been locked up too many times. I ran it without even trying. I want your head, I drop a dime. You run up, you might lose your mind. Rich nigga, Audemars, me and my bitch. And I be running with some niggas if it went with the shit. Don't take my jury out, come out the window slanging that stick. I'm cold hearted, fuck my mama, we gon' step on a bitch. Believe that. No picks and chooses, it go down when I lose it. And I done came up on so much, I swear I don't wanna lose. I point them out, and that's a fact that means it's stepping on fool. And I know Blizzard really trapped, don't give a fuck about the music. Where we come from, niggas don't play. Southside nigga on the north moving way Yeah, we might slide on a nigga broad day Them youngers, they be talking, don't come in these hallways And we be on the block, making money all day Yeah, playing with the rocks, put the money in a safe, yeah Screaming wrong or right, shoot a nigga in the face, yeah Nigga out of line, we gon' put them in yeah, they place, yeah Bitch, you know what's up with us, so don't act like you stupid yeah. I just bought a Bentley truck and it came with a shooter Yo, bitch, suck me out while I was listening to future No, I don't give a fuck, you see the niggas better do them Tell me what the fuck you want when I just bought another home Got the plug online, want a young boy on my other phone When I ran up on them niggas, my hoodie was V-Long Baby, three my heart in them eyes, no, you can't do wrong 45, tuck this out my home and lane sweat If I call you my slime, then that mean you gon' slap Your niggas, they ain't right, bitch, I'm what you gon' bet Cause that bitch, you kill my brother and I won't mind going back Where we come from, niggas don't play Southside nigga on the north, moving way we might slide on a nigga broad day Them youngers, they be thuggin', don't come in these hallways And we be on the block, making money all day, yeah Playin' with the rocks, put the money in a safe, yeah Screamin' wrong or right, shoot a nigga in the face, yeah Nigga out of line, we gon' put them in they place, yeah Oh
Cool and I'm waiting on 